Alienation version 2.0. This is Dan, and with me today is Rob. Hey, Rob. Maka Nakapisai. Mm-hmm. And then uh, joining us again is Brian. Shalom. What's up, Brian? What's going on, guys? What's shalom mean, man? Like is that Latin? I don't know. I speak Texan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so here we are, episode 17. Um, first uh, episode of 2012. So you know what that means. We can do pretty much whatever we want because the world's going to end here shortly. Yeah, that's right. So, align rules, man. (laughs) (laughs) You can't hold it against me because we're all going to die here shortly. Watch out for falling planets. (laughs) Oh, no, it's ducks. (laughs) What's been going on, guys? What's been happening? Let's start with, uh, let's see, any, many, many, many. Rob, you're first. What do you do do this week? Not much, I guess. Um, I did a little working, um, did a little flying. I flew the X5 today, and it flew fine the first time I flew it, and then I flew it again for the next one. I tried to take off like a nose in, or like a nose pointing at me, uh, take off, and freaking tipped over and uh, scraped the blades on the ground. So that was no good. But no, no real crashing though, huh? Because it seems no. to be a recurring theme. <laughs> I know lately it seems like that's all I'm doing, but no, it's, it's just the blades this time, you know. But uh, I don't know. I have to put some new ones on there. Has the weather over there been uh, unseasonably warm for you like it's been over here for us lately? Mm, yeah, yeah. It's been quite a bit warmer than I would expect, I guess. But uh, Yeah, it's kind of nice. kind of a kind of a weird winter. Mm-hmm. We hang on a sec. I got a cat coming through the cat door. I told you I was going to email y'all some of my weather. Oh. Shut up, you warm weather dick. <laughs> <laughs> So Brian, what have you been up to, man? You've been—I know you've been doing some flying because you live down there in the warm weather where you can fly pretty much anytime you want. Well, you know, I, I spent the whole week on a ship, and then I drove home and got home night before last, and yeah, so I got to go flying yesterday and today. It was awesome. Wait a minute, you spent the whole weekend on a ship? Yeah, you know the things that float around in the Gulf of Texaco. I knew you were a butt pirate. <sighs> For real. <laughs> <laughs> I went seriously. There, I went down that road, man. Wow, man! Oh man! Oh man! That's what I get for having a job. I suppose, man. What's that? That's where you know you go and you do stuff, and then they give you like money, and then Uncle Sam says, "Well, I'm gonna take my cut off the top, and uh-huh. you can have the rest." Yeah. So. I don't relate. I can't relate to that. Oh. Yep, my cats are fighting. Come on, you guys, for Christ's sake. Really? Now? Really? I just threw a quarter at him. Stop. <laughs> Can you guys hear that? Yeah. <laughs> I know that sound. That's. I'm really annoyed. Stop it. And usually that's me making them annoyed like that, but they're doing it to each other this time. 
So, like, yeah, I even did some awesome pyro flips today and didn't crash. Rob yeah, so tell me, you uh, you did some... God, God damn it, you guys. For real. For real. Go somewhere. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you troublemaker. Come here. <laughs> I don't think so. Sound like you're trying to ring him out. Stop fucking with Crooked Head, okay? Stop. For real. Leave her. Leave her alone, or I'm gonna skin you, turn you into a cat. Oh, did you guys hear that? That was a broken cup. It sounded like it. You can just put that wherever you want, Dan. Yeah, I think I will. What are they doing? They're fighting, Rob. That's what cats do when they get mad and they're cooped up. <laughs> Right. I know I had cats. I'm like so, actually in, enjoying working on these pyro flips, man. So where are you at with your pyro flips? They uh they they 100 feet in the air? I'd say about 70 feet up. 70 feet up? Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got room to recover. I can do two or three pyros and then, you know, pull her out and so I'm working on getting them a little bit lower, trying to get my timing down at the same time. Goodness. Yeah. Yep. Cuz I want to be cool like Rob, only taller. <laughs> Dude, I can pyro, but uh, I can pyro flip, but it's like you really... can pyro butt pirate what? <laughs> ja? <laughs> no, my pyro flips are pretty ugly. I mean, I can get it to flip over, but I can't make it stay in one spot. You know, that's I don't have the uh, collective management for that. You know, well, we man, talked about like that on the last show, game, right? Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I just got to get more finesse. I noticed that it stays tight if I leave the stick. Pretty much at zero, you know. If I leave it right at zero, I'll just pull over for rudder and then stir the the cyclic or whatever. Then it'll uh, it'll kind of stay in the same place. It'll start to fall or whatever. But so you really only need like a, just a little hair above or below um, zero, you know, on the on the pyro flip and whatever. But. The only problem with that is if you if you start getting in the habit of leaving it down, like in you know leaving it center, yeah. not giving it much collective. Yeah. And when you start trying to do your, you know, your your pyro TikToks and poo like that, then you're kind of having to relearn. Mm. Yeah. It sounds like fun to me, guys. Yeah, baby. Yeah. That's a language pyro flips. That's a language that I've read about and heard about, but uh, it's a long ways away from my ability. Yeah, really. Or it could be like these guys that do 3D masters here. The TikTok auto. Yeah. What does it say? After power is removed, the helicopter must enter into a well-defined auto-rotation and descend 25 meters, execute a pyroflip in one direction, then a pyroflip in the opposite direction. This must be followed by two aileron tic-tocs and a half roll to inverted, followed by a low half pyroflip to landing on the designated spot. These maneuvers must all be performed with consistent uh, fall speed and direction. All that's with no power. You know, just momentum. That's, that's crazy. In other words, that's, you have yeah, to be bionic. a ninja. <laughs> right? I think what they did was they wrote that thinking, well, Tourette can do it, so anybody's got to be able to, you know, have a clue. I haven't got his firmware update yet. Yeah, no. Roger. Yeah. So what have I been up to? Hey, thanks for asking, guys. No, really. What have you been up to, Dan? <laughs> what, You've been eating job liver? Besides not... breaking cups and dealing with pissed off cats that are fighting each other. Well, that's... That's part for the course around here. Well, the breaking cups part, not so much. But that's because uh, he's a pussy bouncer. <laughs> for real? <laughs> How'd you get that gig? <laughs> Study of the female anatomy. <laughs> right. Yeah, I majored in that in college. It's just how you do it, man. That's all there is to it. 
So I did go flying last Wednesday because uh, we had some awesome weather. I took a picture and put it on Facebook. Did you guys check that out? Dude, I, yeah, I saw that. That's really nice looking. Oh, it was I just absolutely them. amazing. Yeah, I miss them. I used to live in Colorado, and I miss the mountains for sure, man. I, I want to see them again. Well, I um, if you look in that picture closely, you'll see the windsock, and you'll see that it's dead still just hanging there. There was no wind. It was nice and sunny. But I went out, and, um, you know, in the, in the wintertime, I don't really pay that close of attention to the state of my helicopters, right? Because, you know, in the summertime, you're out flying – you know, I'm, I'm all the time, I'm in my trailer all, all the time, and I'm constantly messing around and tinkering with my helicopters. So I get out there, and I get a flight in on the on the uh, 600, and uh, all is well. There was a couple new people at the field and very interested in, in uh, starting on helicopters, so that was kind of fun. But I went to fill up the uh, 600 with fuel, and I noticed towards the end it was really kind of like it was pressurizing, right? Instead right. of the air flowing through through the exhaust and out out the tail out the the, uh, the muffler, and I went to disconnect the coupler from the from the uh, carburetor line, and it was it was literally like a little little air like a little water gun right little stream of pressure <laughs> man <laughs> and went all went all went all over the place and I'm like what in the hell and so I went ahead and uh, something's clogged it sounds like yeah so I put it back on the on the uh, on the carburetor nipple, and of course, did you just say? All, <laughs> and um, apparently, all that did was just force uh, fuel right into the engine and hydrolocked everything. So I couldn't couldn't even turn the couldn't even turn the uh, motor over. And also, too, I, I went to you know take the fuel out of the motor out of the tank. And as I was as I was doing that, the tank was you know kind of decompressing onto itself. Fun. That's why these I stick to ba- uh, electric huh. stuff like cats, that. These cats are just... nipples on my batteries. <clears throat> yeah, you don't. Well, that just goes to show you. You, you know, I, I then pulled out the X5, and I hadn't flown it in a while, quite a, quite a while actually. And uh, get it up in the air, do a nice little hover, and I as I'm doing the hover, I'm noticing I see this little bit vib- little bit of vibration in the landing gear. Which quickly turns into a not a little vibration, yeah, right, like a shudder. It, yeah, it's like it's and it's not going away, and um, I have no clue what the hell that's all about. So I landed it. I turned the head speed up. I had it pretty much at uh, ninety-five throttle curve anyway. Yeah, turned it up to a hundred. Seemed to help a little, but uh, still, still got the vibration. So weird. That's got know. the beast X on it. It's got the beast X on it. Yeah. How do you have that mounted? Um. Like what Probably kind of with tape that tape thing? stuff. I have it mounted the exact same place you do. Yeah, well, what are you using? Are you using the just, 311 stuff or the... I don't know. I'm just using the... The, the one the, that came with it? No, no. Oh. I'm using some really thin uh, double-sided servo tape that I got from Helipros, which I pretty much used on everything. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. I don't know. Maybe there's a bearing going out somewhere. Yeah. Um, Got to go through it. Rob. But anyway, the... <laughs> send it to Rob. He'll yeah, I don't know if out. I want to do that. Yeah, he'll yeah, get the right. out. Shoot. He'll find a wire 80 feet in the air and get the bearing <laughs> that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll just so I don't... tear all the all the pieces off the off the bird until I find the part. <laughs> no, so I guess I need to go through all that stuff. And, um, you know, it just turned what was essentially a beautiful day into a day of kind of frustration because I just 
didn't have anything that was really ready to fly, so I ended up pulling out the plank, and of course the plank flew flawlessly. Oh, yeah. And the cat just won't stop. Can you guys hear the cat in the background? Yep. Yeah. She's found something. Hey, Christmas tree's down, right? It's, well, they already did a good job of tearing that thing up, so I took it down a while ago. <laughs> in fact, they tore down the Christmas tree initially while we were recording, I think, two episodes ago. That's why I asked the comment about the Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. So, hey, you guys may have noticed, uh, I, I know Rob and I noticed it because we talked about it, but not on air while we were recording, but that, that last episode, 16, you heard you heard a bunch of popping and cracking in the background. Did you guys hear that? Uh-huh. Yeah. That was my fireplace. Ah, uh, yes. Nice, crackling, warm fire. I didn't realize it was going to be uh, picked up so dramatically by the mic, but... Uh, and last but not least, I am no longer lost, Rob. Really? You've been found? <laughs> I'm, done. I'm done with it. I've You made it through uh, the adventure. Nice. Made it through the episode. Check this out, Brian. And yeah, I, I started on a Monday, and I went a week, and then Tuesday, so that's that's eight days, right? A week and a day. Uh-huh. I, I watched six seasons of Lost, 120 episodes at an hour an episode. That's yeah, it was, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's long haul, dude. It was a marathon. Yeah. Dude, I gave up flying days so I could watch <laughs> Lost. That that's would make sense it. if you were a warm weather dick, but, you know, you don't get many flying days up there. Dude, I it was on a, the Sunday, last Sunday, I was like, well, I got to go to the gym today. I go out to get the MCPX ready. And I'm out there tinkering with the MCPX, and uh, I just couldn't. I, I, I had to go back and find out what happens next. But i got to tell you, for those of you who watched Lost. No, I don't t- tell her I don't need to go potty. Dan right. says he doesn't need to go potty. <laughs> <laughs> and Evie's looking at Mama like, what? Daddy's over here. What do you want? That's she funny. Says, you know, you, you got your dog there in the background, and... Uh, I, I shared a video with Rob that I found. I can't remember where I found it, but uh, we'll put a show note to it. It has nothing to do with helicopters, but it's just funny as hell. Yeah, it's funny. It's called the the greatest dog tease or the ultimate dog tease or something like that. We'll put a show note up to it. It is really funny. Oh, dog. Oh. <laughs> and I fed it to the cat. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The kind with the maple on it, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's about time for some news, huh? News of the quadrant. quadrant of the new year. Hi, this is Bobby Watts from Rob's super awesome helicopter class shindig thing. You are listening to RC Heli Nation. You guys see the Thunder Tigers come out with a new motor? Yes. One hundred. Yeah, the Redline One Hundred. Redline One Hundred. Hmm. I don't know. I've never had a Thunder Tiger motor. I got a buddy in Scotland that uses them and loves them. Mike. Is that going to be a big enough bump? You know, from ninety to a hundred, or is it just going to eat more fuel and perform roughly the same? That's what I wonder. You know, I don't know, and frankly, you know, I used to be all about 90 nitros, but I don't yeah. particularly care for nitros any bigger than 50 anymore, basically oh, okay. because every time you fuel that tank, it's like seven bucks, right? <laughs> right, 
that's an expensive flight. Well, yeah, you know, you sit there and you've got your fuel pump and you're cranking it, or if you got the electric, you push the button and you watch your your main fuel tank just drain down and it goes into this seven minute flight, eight minute flight, whatever you get out of it. It's ridiculous how much it costs. But is it enough power? Is it more power? I would imagine it is. How much more? It's hard to tell. Well, they're also selling it uh, in combination with a with a especially designed muffler to go with it as well. It's supposed to improve the performance, but uh, you don't really hear a lot about Thunder Tiger motors, you know? It's when it comes to motors, it's all about the YS and the OS when it comes to nitro, so. Yeah. Is the muffler going to be made of unobtainium? Well, no, but it is going to have nano coating, or whatever that's worth. Does that do anything for you? Um, What do you plug in the Deans? (laughs) Where's the lipo stack? Who uses Deans, man? Uh, old school warm weather dicks. Just sands. Rob, do you still use Deans? Yeah, buddy. What is wrong with you people? What do you use? EC5s, EC3s. EC5s, yeah, that's right. I put those on your fusion. Duh. And then you try to take them right back off. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The, the long way. <laughs> got caught in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> you were pretty successful at taking those off. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Good news for the two of you because, you know, you were talking about your uh, pyro flips and all this other fancy, you know, because I'm still – actually, I'm at 47.3 degrees hover now. so Perfect. So this is above my level, but, uh, you know, you guys, just in time, the 3D Masters registration is open. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so you better, better get on the ball because I know you guys are uh, – you, know, you, you talk big anyway. It's time for you to step up and – do I feel like if I go with that, I have to go with those uh, um, Spectrum uh, Transformer-looking so I fit in, you know, the tray mount ones? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get, you, get yourself a tray model. Yeah. Hey, I tell you what, if you do go, and Brian, if you go as well, uh, RC Hilly Nation will sponsor you. Yeah? Yeah. Boom. Do we get a T-shirt? No, you get a, you get a handkerchief. Because <laughs> you're going to need one to, to dry the tears up when you try yeah. it out, when you get yourself out on the flight line. Right. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, Rob mentioned one earlier. There's two new maneuvers. Now, I, it wasn't real clear if these maneuvers are going to be required in the 3D Masters, but apparently, it, it, the way I read it, they are. Uh, one's called the Time Machine. One, called, one is called the TikTok Auto. And um, they both sound incredibly – my mind just starts to go numb when I read the descriptions because I'm like, what? Uh, what? Yeah, I know. It's just craziness. I mean, uh, a clockwise skids out Big Ben. First of all, yeah, I guess you need to know what a Big Ben is, right? Which it's I know. Clock tower in London, England. That's that's where you TikTok it, and the tail is like the minute hand on the clock, and you gotta hit, you gotta do each hour all the way around. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Followed by an anti-clockwise skids in Big Ben, right? So we Man. got a clockwise and an anti-clockwise, right? The maneuver is entered from a low stationary nose out hover the helicopter will immediately be presented directly in front of the judge's eye line with its nose vertical the helicopter will then be made to rotate yawing clockwise prescribing the 12 points of the clock face uh, clock face skids out skids facing away from the judges and each point defined by a tick of the metronome at the 12 o'clock metronome the helicopter will be made to half roll on this spot, and then the clock face will again be described this time anti-clockwise as viewed by the judges. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> Using wild. skids and metronomes, upon reaching 12 o'clock, the helicopter will return to a stationary nose in hover at the same position the maneuver began. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? What? <laughs> either either Torek wrote that or Bert wrote it. Just saying. <laughs> and the next new maneuver is called the TikTok Auto. Rob already kind of read it, but I'll read it again. Uh, after power is removed from the helicopter, so this is all done in, you know, as a as an auto, uh, the helicopter must enter into a well-defined auto rotation and descend 25 meters, execute a pyro flip in one direction, then a pyro flip in the opposite direction. This must be followed by two aileron TikToks and a half roll to inverted, followed by a low half pyro flip to land in a designated spot. This maneuver must be all perform this must be performed with a consistent fall speed spacing and direction wild oh did you see, did you see the next the next one that 3D masters have i can do this one it's the tiktok auto oh crap <laughs> <laughs> mine would just be the auto oh crap yeah right it would definitely be does the helicopter okay hit throttle hold and and if as long as the helicopter lands in the field I, i'm i'm okay <laughs> i'm going to invent one called the wad you just go out there and bang the six till you wad it up. <laughs> You've already invented that trick. It's been banned from the book. I've been practicing pretty much. <laughs> You've, pretty much You've pretty much learned to wad it just about all season. I mean, you know, <laughs> trees then, with snow and ice on them. No, uh, no, no. Rob's, high Rob's, power maneuver. Lines. Rob's maneuver is called <laughs> the split. Oh, yeah. Nasty. <laughs> the object of Rob's maneuver is try to split the helicopter into two pieces. Make it Siamese, and it's got to be it's got to be uh, down the line of the body. It can't be like break the boom off. It's got to be like from the nose to the tail. Right. Try to try to split it in two pieces. Dissect it, and then if that doesn't work, stomp on it a few times and put it in a target bag. Jay, <laughs> <Marge>, baby. <laughs> if it fits the chips. <laughs> All right, so then uh, Gowie X7 manuals out, guys. Yes, it is. Have you looked through it yet, Rob? Um, no, I haven't. I should what? though. I have. I'm better than you, I guess. No, apparently. Well, I, I was am working just... all day, so I I didn't get a chance to download it. Oh. Uh, well, is this anything? This work is this anything like this job that Brian mentioned earlier? It's similar. You 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 wouldn't understand, Dan. So. My work schedule is pretty packed. <laughs> yeah. Today it consisted of eight hours of napping, followed by nice. a, the interruption of the interrupting phone call by Brian by that warm weather guy. <laughs> yeah, followed by the interrupting warm weather dick phone calls, hey, saying I'm on my way to the flying field. No, I called and said hi. How are you doing first? Uh huh. So what do you got for news, Rob? You got anything? Yeah, I got some news, Dan. Um, there's a new quadcopter in town, uh, the next level multi rotors. Uh, they're making a quadcopter. Uh, with innovative designs, uh, it looks like it's going to be a pretty cool platform for, you know, aerial uh, photography or, um, you know, just tooling around even I guess. But um, the build looks pretty nice. I mean, the the way the quad looks and and it's provision to hold, you know, all kinds of different size motors and stuff like that. So it's kind of cool. Quad. Quad. What's a quad? Didn't he talk about quad stuff like two episodes ago? Rob always talks about the quad stuff because he knows I don't like them. <laughs> I think Dan's allergic to them. He's allergic to them? Yeah. He's he's always looking for the quad news, and I am just not into it. 
Did, did you hear about the latest uh-oh at Heli Direct? I did hear about the latest uh-oh at Heli Direct. Yeah, that was kind of awesome. I, you know, I was... I mean, you know, I was I was skeptically hopeful that I was going to get a Fusion 50, you know, fly barless kit with the Beastex and the little Beastex programming dongle, but it, it wasn't to be. But yeah, so that was pretty cool. No. So what's the details behind that? I know that there was a thread on HeliFreak where someone posted uh, Fusion 50 for zero dollars. Yeah, you popped on the web page and it said Fusion 50, zilch, zero zippo nada. It was all in big red letters. Add to cart and then is like, all right, sure. And it said, how much is your shipping? And of course, I'm cheap, so I think the slow boat to Houston was like twelve bucks. I was like, Meh. didn't think it was going to happen, but you know what? Hey, one can hope. It might have been one of those things. Hey, let's flood the market, or let's see if these guys are paying attention at ten o'clock at night. You never know. And you know, I jumped in on uh, on it as well, fully expecting it. Uh, to just simply be a mistake but you know that happened to me once before with that twenty dollar helicopter yeah and yeah, i ended, I I ended up and i ended up with three of them so um i don't know man it just that just seems like a pretty major mistake for a one of your bigger online shops e-tailer. yeah 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 i bet they were scrambling oh i bet i bet i i could imagine that somebody's head is just gonna roll when it figure out when they figure out how that happened. Well, what got me is the guys on the threads kind of you know you got a few of them that kind of got mad that oh it wasn't gonna come to fruition. I figured you know what hey at the worst I'm out twelve bucks, but you know it'd have been really cool. I've been like hey. There was a little bit of self righteousness happening too on the forums too. I couldn't help but notice. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, people calling people vultures and yada 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 and whatever, you know. It's uh, it's certainly the the moral police will come out on the on the forums at any given moment time. It happens. So Rob, I put in our show notes uh, a YouTube video, and I was wondering if you had a chance to look at it. It's kind of an unknown. Uh, I've never heard of this guy. I, I'm guessing from I don't know middle. Somewhere over in Europe, I don't know where. He's but, from Japan. Uh, is it from Japan? Yeah, Tukuba, Japan. Have you seen this video? Have you seen this kid fly? No, I haven't. You uh, really need to check it out. This this guy is uh, amazing. I mean, he was flying like you see these guys flying. I mean, and he was just in his back in his little flying yard with his or his flying field with you know his buddies. And holy shit! This is the Rio Megita. I'm I'm watching the video and I think his transmitter is twitching out on him. That's what I think. He, it's just amazing. He's re- he's really good, and he's flying a nitro. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Never heard of the guy, but uh, something tells me we're going to be seeing more of him. I would imagine. Rayo Magida, if you've listened to the show, uh, dude, send us more videos. Is is she making enough for the whole class? That's all I want to know. Renee, Dan wants to know if you're making enough ravioli for the whole class. She said it'd be kind of hard to get it there. Uh, you can fax it to him. Just you shove it in the... Fax it, okay. Don't know. Anyway, I just wanted to bring this guy up because uh, I never hear any talk about about him. And uh, I would imagine we're going to be hearing some talk about him. I just can't imagine watching that video. The cool thing about that video is at the end of the video, he, he slams his tail into the ground, yet still manages to auto it down. Hmm. Nice. So, in other words, when did you get pointers for Rob from him, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's 
sounds real good. I think they're from the Matrix. So, Brian, uh, Rob and I had a chance uh, a week ago, a week and a half ago, to talk with Bobby Watts. You know who that is, don't you? Yes, sir. I referred to him as Bobby Voltage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's a good guy. I tell you, we asked him uh, a lot of the questions that people are curious about. We asked him about uh, the whole miniature aircraft thing, what what his plans are now, and uh, you know, smack talk, stuff like that. I think you guys are going to find this interview pretty pretty good. It's it's kind of a long one, but uh, again, worth it. So we're going to go ahead and play that now, and we will be back on the other side. This is Sean Sullivan, official pilot for a Dolphin's Tale movie, and you're listening to RC Heli Nation version 2. Rob, guess who's with us tonight? Yeah, who's that? Bobby Voltage. I mean Watts. Nice, Bobby. <laughs> What's up? How's it going? What's going on, Bobby? How's things been, man? Things have been pretty crazy, but uh, good. Just got done with the holidays, and uh, yeah, everything's been going pretty good. So there's been a few changes in your uh, affiliations in the past uh, few weeks. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Pretty drastic changes. Pretty drastic changes, yeah, definitely. Dude, that must have been a hard decision, all that work you put into the whiplash and yeah, yeah, I know, man. You got the epic beer bottle opener, uh, <laughs> boom supports, and everything, and that now now you can't uh, you're not part of it. Wow. Um. Yeah. It's um. <clears throat> well, it, it worked out. I have to say. Um. I've seen. You know, I've been doing this for quite a while, and I've seen a lot of people come and go, and I've always just hated that. I've always lost so much respect for different pilots when they jump around four or five different times. You know, yeah. it's like, all right, dude, really? Like, do you really like what you're flying? And I just didn't want to do it that way. So, um, I don't know, things were getting a little rough during, towards the end, I guess. Um, there was just one or kind of, one or two small things that I guess were bothering me. But for the most part, I, I guess I just, um, you know, came to a point with Miniature to where I would not be able to, I guess, uh, move any further within yeah. the company, I guess. Um, you yeah. know, they're, they're coming back from a really hard time, you know, being a U.S. company making high-end helicopters. You know, it's not easy. Um, yeah. so they're doing their best to come back and, um, you know, I, I did what I wanted to with them. Um, it's not every day where a manufacturer will say, here you go, make a helicopter. You have full reign to do whatever you want. Go for it. Yeah. yeah. So that was an incredible opportunity, which I don't regret at all. Um, the whiplash is still my favorite helicopter. I'm still flying them now. Um, I'm still getting parts through them and everything. So, I mean, everything's still yeah. really we're still talking. Everyone's still talking. Uh, you know, when I put out the little press release, I even had um, Chris Nelson, the fly co-owner and everything. He, you know, he made a few comments and stuff and it was, it was really cool. You know, we're still friends and it's not a bad thing. And they, you know, they kind of wish me luck with whatever I kind of get myself into. So just looking yeah. for, um, I guess, bigger and better opportunities, I guess I could say. Yeah. Cool. So fill us in, man. What happened? What went sour? Um, nothing really went sour. Like I said, it's mainly the fact that there was really nowhere for me to move up. There's um, no more advancement opportunities. <clears throat> no more advancement. Now, now here's the thing with me. I've got a college degree. You know, I graduated from right. University of South Carolina last year, about a little bit more than a year ago, uh, with my mechanical engineering degree. I don't need helicopters to make a living, but I but I want to because I've invested so much time and effort into it that I'd really like to you know see what I can pull off in this. And I've heard stories of people, you know, uh, Jason Krause is a perfect example. You know, went and did his thing with a line, 
and now he's just kicking it back out and um phoenix is building you know full-size aircraft in his garage just having fun um you know he he did a very good thing with the line i highly respect what he's done you know people like himself curtis um todd bennett's done very well um you know people like that are really really alan zabo those guys have really kind of done something pretty big in the hobby and i realized that with miniature we both realized that they would not be able to provide me with that sort of opportunity so you know i while i'm still young and uh, don't really have any commitments to anybody or you know i can live wherever i need to live you know, I just wanted to make some sort of a change to, uh, you know, I just wanted to free myself up so that might, that type of opportunity might be able to arise, you know? Sure. Well, sure. Yeah, actually, kind of that actually, kind of style. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that actually kind of makes sense. You know, a lot of people don't realize this, but Miniature Aircraft is relatively a small organization. They're very small. They're only, I mean, <clears throat> when it comes to making parts and manufacturing parts and stuff, I mean, it's like five guys. It's like five people. Yeah. Yeah. You know? There's the same person who builds all the, you know, stuff that does tech calls, the same guy who updates the website. Like, it's it's a very small, small company, and that's how they're set up. You know, on the other hand, too, the Whiplash is never going to sell in terms of quantity. They're never going to be able to crank out as many kits because their CNC, Big Sky CNC, is not set up for that. Right. Um, I kind of realized that. Um, I was very happy with what I did with the machine and everything, and... So were they, you know, I feel really good the fact that Chris and I, Chris Lund from Big Sky CNC, you know, when we designed the model, we let, uh, I feel like I left them with a very good platform that they can do well yeah. with. And I still think it's a great helicopter. Yeah. I'm still flying it. It's not, <laughs> it wasn't the helicopter because that would make me kind of look like an idiot if I just jumped. <laughs> yeah, look at this piece of chuzz I made. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like the next video you see me flying a goblin. It's like, no, dude, like I'm not, no, like it, if, you know, I've got some other stuff around here just to goof off with mainly, but you know, in terms of the '90s stuff, I really like the whip, the whip de do, so it's all good. You know, you mentioned a bit ago, Bobby, the people jumping to different sponsors, manufacturers, whatever. Yeah. You, you didn't do. I mean, you've been with Miniature Aircraft for and Heli Wholesaler for what, yeah seven seven years. I think it was seven years. Yeah, I started back in 2005, and then um, yeah. <clears throat> there was a weird transition phase where. Um, my uh, my friend Jack Burnside, who runs um, Empire Hobbies, um, he and then working with Ray and Kyle Stacy, I, I did a little bit of work with Gowie. Um, I actually helped them with their X5. Yes, uh, you did. But, yep. And those guys were super cool, and you know I wasn't really tied into anything. But then when the whole miniature aircraft combined with Heli wholesaler thing came in, they're like, all right, you got to choose one or the other. And I'm like, all right, well that was more of a side project. But yeah, that was the. Um, and then with Heli Wholesaler, I was allowed to fly a line for a little bit when right. I did that at XFC. But, you know, for the main part, it's always been miniature aircraft-based. You know, the only, well, reason, the only reason I flew the T-Rex was because we were designing the Whiplash. So, Right. And what, what kind of what I'm getting at with that is kind of I want to get your viewpoint on this. This I want to say there's been a small there's been a small backlash against Bert. Yeah. For what for what what's he's gone through. And, and you know. You know, because you talk to him all the time. Rob and I know, because we talk to Bert quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, it, the backlash that we're hearing is just really silliness. When you made this decision, how how much of that is involved in it? I mean, do you do, do you worry about people going, oh shit, look, here we go again. Here's another pro pilot looking for a sweeter deal. No, not at all. Because um, you know, Bert was in a very very different position. His was. You know, he and his wife, Susie, both went from, you know, making a very healthy living with Ready Heli um, overnight to making zero. And, 
deal, and you know they were in a they were in a really bad spot. So you know, in in terms of just work, they just needed work. So I think Bert's decision. I don't think it was rushed by any means. I think he's going to do great with Outrage. Um, yeah. And you know, I, I they're they're taking his feedback, which is great. And I think yeah. I, I think Outrage will be a better helicopter and a be- better helicopter company because of him and his what he's got to say and you know his knowledge. No, without a doubt. But uh, you know, I, I guess I'm looking for uh, you know I'm looking for something pretty big actually. Like I. You know, I honestly, I don't want to jump and just go fly for a line. Like, that's not going to happen. Uh, I don't want to jump and just go fly for someone else who kind of, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm really taking my time with this. I don't want to rush into anything. You know, in the meantime, I've got some other things that can just, you know, keep me going. But I I, I wasn't worried about that at all. I could, you know, if if someone's been with a company long enough to show loyalty, you know, I, I think I kind of proved that through some oh. really, through some really tough times. You know, 2007, 2008, that was some really, really rough times there. Uh, yeah, and, you know, and, and that is that is absolutely the case. And, and the one thing that kind of was kind of going against Bert, and obviously this isn't a conversation about Bert, but, you know, he's a, he's a pretty regular fixture on the show. We talked to him quite a bit. He – it was all of a sudden Bert – against the holy grail of all things rc consumer-based rc you know what i mean yeah and, and it really it, it just it was like the, the the war the clash of the titans down in florida all of a sudden and every everybody picks sides and and yeah anyway that's out of, out of, the the other the only other thing i'll add is that there's very few people who don't work full-time a nine-to-five job in the hobby who make a living off of it um bert's one of those people myself i'm one of those people you know, Alan Zabo, he's one of those people to where, you know, his his job, his income comes from flying helicopters. Now, I don't think right. that that goes against what he has to say, but I think that, you know, that definitely swayed in to what he was doing. You know, Outrage is a very stable company. They're doing well. You know, I think he's going to do great with them. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. I, you know, I, I totally, at first he, he was telling me about it, and I was totally supportive. I'm like, dude, that's a really cool opportunity. If they're willing to listen, if they're going to take your feedback, Go for it, dude. And um, I think we'll do just fine with it. I want you to help me clear up a rumor. Um, okay. There's a, a you know a little bit of talk going about, mm-hmm. and a very very uh, I would say progressive manufacturers kind of uh, you know kind of making its way up. I've heard you're going to be signing with Air Hogs pretty soon. <laughs> That's the rumor I heard. Dude, I'd be done with that, man. If they want to make a, <laughs> if they want to make like a badass like RC helicopter, I think that'd be great. I would totally, <laughs> I would entertain oh. that tomorrow if they called. <laughs> yeah, all styrofoam. Yeah, exactly. Dude, I want to make a, uh, I want to make a Nerf helicopter, dude, where you can just slam it in, you click the pieces back together, and you go fly. It. That there would you be, go. Yeah, that was so sweet. But um, <laughs> no, you know what? You know what though? I, I think that it's a weird time in the hobby to where. I think that there's going to be a lot of really cool things coming out in the next few years, just with different companies. You know, Alliance at the top now, obviously. There's no doubt about that. Um, but I think that, you know, just like what happened with Raptor, what happened with miniature aircraft, you know, people just kind of, inevitably people just as humans want something new. And yeah. I think that it's going to take a company, honestly, like Air Hogs or like someone like that to really come in and, uh, you know, maybe change the game up once again, just like Align did. So well, think, one comment. I'd, one comment I'd like to make: uh, uh, thousands of teeth just went gnashing when you set alliance on top. But that's still another topic. But uh, <laughs> um, I, you know, the, in terms the, the of thing, numbers, numbers, yeah, right, right. Okay, I, yeah. I got you. Your numbers. You know, and the thing that um, I think a lot of people overlook is the simple fact: air hogs 
mm-hmm. are introductory. I mean, that's what get people into the... Uh, my first RC helicopter was... I don't remember if it was an Airhog, but it was very similar to an Airhog if it wasn't an Airhog. It was, mine, it was 30, my first helicopter was a Kelly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it <laughs> just went up. That's all it did. It just went like... You, like, click it up. Click, 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 and it would go up a little bit higher. Come on, crooked head, for Christ's sake. Go somewhere. Yeah, I just threw my cat across the room. Love it. (laughs) So I mentioned something a couple shows back, and uh, I I detected a bit of skepticism in Rob's voice, and I kind of, since we got you on the line, I figured maybe you could clear this one up as well. Cool. I I told Rob that um, it's a little-known fact that... um, Essentially, I've taught you everything you know when it comes to flying RC helicopters. Could you just everything I know? Everything I told you, Rob. Yeah, well, yeah. You are the hovermaster. I am the hovermaster. Yeah. Everything I know. I'm not playing here, man. This isn't a game, okay? This is for real. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good, man. It's all good. Uh, Yeah. So what uh, you're taking a break? You're you obviously even if you are in considerate considering somebody else you're not going to tell us that at this point and that's understandable but uh a lot of speculation about outrage no um, no i'm not <clears throat> um i'm not against it but um i think what bird's doing there is far sufficient to what they need right now um, yeah i think they've got some good machines i really do i think that the 90 looks too much like a t-rex 700 to me to really yeah. want to really want to be excited about the model you know, I'm I'm just taking it easy for it now. Just uh, just kicking back. Um, Matt from Synergy and, and I, we've been really good buddies for a long time. He sent me up a uh, N5C, so I've been building that, just goofing off with that. Um, just you know, I just want to get some. I'm still flying the Whiplash. Um, I've got both my electric and nitro. I think Chris is sending me a gasser. Hopefully soon enough. I don't, I've been waiting for this thing for a while. <laughs> I think most people have. And. Uh, no, I'm just going to take it easy, just goof off with some things. I'm actually going to uh, get a place down in Florida so I can be closer to Bert and we can do some more smack talk filming and, you know, yeah. Nicer, yeah, sure thing. nicer weather down there. So I'm going to be moving here in about a month. So just getting ready to do all that, I guess. That's going to be pretty crazy. That should be fun. Yeah, I look forward to seeing some shenanigans with Master Rick. <laughs> Dude, I haven't <laughs> seen him in a while. He isn't. Yeah, where's that guy? Like a month or two, he he goes into hibernation when it gets cold out. And uh, oh, sure, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he, I can understand that. Yeah, he uh, he texted me when I was in Orlando. He's like, "Dude, take me to Orlando. It'll be epic." And I'm like, "Sorry, dude, I'm here for like a week already." <laughs> oh no, he's like, he missed back. the bus. Yeah, he missed the bus. But uh, no, that guy's something else. Oh my goodness. That gasser you mentioned, uh, the Whiplash gasser, uh, last July I saw you beat the shit out of that helicopter for three days before the fun play even started there in Billings. Yeah, that thing was sweet. That was the first time I got to fly it. Um, I just like it because it's smooth and it has good power and it's simple to work on. And, yeah, that's what makes a good helicopter. Nice. Yeah, I was actually looking forward to it, but, I'm, I'm you know, at the time I was um, – I had a few gassers, but I've kind of gotten rid of all the gassers. I'm, I uh, just didn't haven't been having very much luck with them. So now it's uh, more along the lines of an X7 is probably my next helicopter. Oh, nice, very very cool. Bobby, when are you going to update your damn website? Uh, I updated the other day <laughs> when I. Uh, when well, I, I see you put the announcement up there. Yeah, but I'm looking at your Smack Talk RC page, and you've got like three videos on there. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, uh, Mr. Yeah. Webmaster. 
I suppose yeah. you got all kinds of things to do, but so. eh, not re- no, not really. But just I'm super terrible with, uh, and I apologize to <laughs> too. People send me emails <laughs> all the time, and my what happens is I'll look at them on my phone. I'll just be out and about, and I will look at them on my phone. I'll mean to get to it, and then I'll have like three or four kind of work emails come in in between that, and then I get I just lose track. So I'm terrible with that. Terrible with updating website, but I do yeah. update um, Twitter a lot, and that's. My Twitter name is Bobby underscore Watts, and I just post a bunch of crap on there and talk shit a lot. Is it random thoughts and shit? Yeah. Oh, all, <laughs> yeah. All, the, all the time. And then uh, I like Twitter better because not as many people seem to respond, which is nice. I just feel like I'm talking to myself. But <laughs> since, <laughs> Are you used to that? <laughs> yeah. As soon as you put something on Facebook, everyone wants, just wants – or run riders. Everyone just wants to argue with you. It's like, you know what? I, whatever. I just want to talk crap and <laughs> walk away. Right. Right. So. Yeah, it's it's cool. Tell us about Chimp Systems. What's that all about? The Grippy Chimp. Yeah, that one was just um, it was just my buddy and I from college. We uh, we worked on the Dalcon, the light unit, for like two years while he he and I were roommates, and um, we worked on it and we did that routine that came out in 2010 for XFC. You know, it took him yeah. about six months to program, I think, and. Uh, we just worked on that, and we're like, all right, dude, let's just do a business. So right now, we've got that as well as the Grippy spindle tools. Um, I've actually got three new versions of the Grippy coming out uh, probably at the beginning of the year here. Um, they're going to be very, very cool, very different, and I'd love to see people copy them and understand what they're copying. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, it should be cool. So speaking of copying, let's let's talk a, bit, a little bit about that. I'm sure you're aware of the – allegations that were thrown out by the cletus tool people yeah i saw that no the uh i think the guy even emailed me at one point here's my take on it i'm not the person who invented the tool i not at all i and like i said in my little youtube video when i promoted the grippy at first um you know i've had about three or four different guys here in the maryland area um just make the tools for me just take a piece of aluminum drill a hole in it chuck a bearing there and call it a day that's fine Mm -hmm. um so when i came out with the grippy and the guy from the cletus wrench emailed me and i'm like oh all right well i've never seen that before like sorry dude like that was you know that was one yeah so i never got too involved with him but i i can it's frustrating you know i can understand that yeah so also too um i have a couple of them i i picked a few up when i was uh there at uh billings last at the fun fly cool one thing i gotta ask you about is and i know I pretty much know the answer, but uh, the thoughts you have on now that a line is producing these <laughs> essentially the same exact tool, but at, at a pretty much quite a bit lower price. Obviously, it's because you know they have the manufacturing facilities to do stuff right. like that. Yeah, it's that one's very simple. Um, it doesn't piss me off the fact that they made it because it, mm-hmm. you know it's, it's a it's a it's a good tool to have. It doesn't piss me off the fact that it's cheaper. I make mine in the USA. Mine's made in mine's made from Big Sky CNC. It's the same company who cuts miniature aircraft stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, it's Americans making quality stuff. Um, yeah. and, and me, either me or my buddies around here, will just sit there and watch TV and have a few beers and press bearings and all night. That's just what you know. That's how grippies come together. The thing that bothers me about the Align one is the fact that they took the exact look of what the grippy was and how it looked. And then they just did Control C, Control V, and they just mm-hmm. copied it. They flat out copied it. They're yeah. people like Lynx. Lynx made their own. Lynx is, looks sw- sick because you know it it it, uh, 
it's in the style that Lynx does their stuff. And, right. you know, for me, as soon as I saw the align, we call it the grip off. Um, <laughs> so as soon as I saw the grip off from align, it's like, you know what, guys, if you're going to do it, at least use a little bit of brain power and try to think of something original. Yeah, make and it then, look unique. Yeah, Make it look unique. Don't copy my shit, you know? And then, you know, I, I don't mind people making a, an alternate tool. I don't care if it's cheaper or whatever. You know, people, but people will buy what they want. But the right. thing that really gets me is the fact that they just flat out ripped it off. And then, you know, the other day I look on Facebook and the uh, USA Align team is bragging about, oh, we've got this new awesome rotor head coming in stock and it's going to be sweet. And I look and it's the same damn head that Compass and um, the Goblin have with their, you know, the way their <laughs> anti-rotation works. I'm like, you know what, guys, yeah. just do something original. So you have some sort of, you know, brain power. Don't just copy stuff. Like I just hate that. I, I I hate that so much. It just pisses. Yeah. Tell me this though. Does the fact that that's happening and with the newer versions of this tool you're coming out with, does that at all play into the price point that uh, you decide all. upon? Not, not at all. That's... Um, I was asked that. Um, Jeff at Helly Wholesaler asked me what I want to do with my price, and I say that it's staying exactly where it is because mine's made in America by Americans. It's what I did, and you know, it, and you know, it, the really cool thing is people are embracing it. That's the really cool yeah. thing. Um, yeah, people still buy it. Yeah. My problem, I just can't crank them out enough. Um, you know, the machine shop's really loaded down with whiplash stuff, but I have to say, what we have coming out this year is far beyond what anyone will even expect. So I'm super, super, super looking forward to it. It's gonna be cool. So I would, like I said earlier, I'd love to see someone copy it exactly and understand. The whole concept, they don't, if they're not in the U.S., they won't understand. So just to <laughs> clarify, what you're talking about are more tools you're uh, going to be yep, coming out. Yep, it's okay. along the grippy line, yep. Um, and, and then uh, when when do you expect those to start popping up? Uh, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully in the beginning of the year. They've been running for, uh, I think he can cut 30 to 35 in a day. They take a little while to cut. And um, they've been running for almost like a month now because I've got a, a huge order coming in. Um, and then that will also include a nine millimeter for the um, whiplash and for the rave. So that is one question I've been asked a lot. So that's good. Very nice. Very nice. So moving on to the uh, Falcon. Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> that's a play, Bobby. We had a we had just kind of a joke, kind of an inside. Well, not really even inside joke. There was a. A, a little thing on our listeners' corners on Heli Freak, and there was a bit of confusion as to whether it was called Dalcon or Falcon. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, it's it's Dalcon. Tell us um, that that's out now. It's yep. available for yep. people to use. That one's out. Um, it came in more expensive than I would have liked, but it seems like the diehards are going for it, which is cool. Pretty wicked. Yeah, it's cool. Um, it's got a lot of freaking potential. Just the just the software and just the way it all interfaces, it's so easy. It's so nice. Um, you know, Bert and I did a routine in Orlando and, you know, it took me about, you know, he, he was busy with the event. So I set up his helicopter for him for the night rig. And I've got mine that I can just, I got a canopy that I just throw on there and wrap the tail in some zip ties and call it a day. And, yeah. um, you know, the cool thing is you can mix your song, program it on the fly. And, you know, I have yet to do... Uh, one out of all the night flies I've ever done recently with the Dalcon system, I've yet to do one ever that's the same. So I'm always changing music, changing things. You know, I've been, when I was in Minnesota, actually, um, <laughs> one of the guys here took my class, Pete Bush, absolute comedian, brought him into the trailer and, uh, he and I just started like arguing back and forth in the music. And then 
I had him turn my lights on and off as I was flying. Like his voice, like I had the lights pulse to his voice. You can see it if you look up. Uh, it's Bobby Watts Nightfly, Minnesota or something. Yeah, uh, we'll dig that up and put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just cool. You can do all sorts of things. And then the Dalcon um, system is actually how I control my um, flamethrowers and my fireworks. So I program everything beforehand and press one button in the beginning, and then the whole show runs itself. I just fly. So That's cool. It, so it, so this software is doing your pyrotechnics too. Yes, yes. Um, nice. CP, CP, the other half of Chimp Systems, he, uh, he built me like a Dalcon, but... Instead of it outputting like one amp per channel, it outputs like ten amps per channel. So I can do, <laughs> so I can do so the flamethrower. Yeah, yeah, flamethrowers and um, the different fireworks and um, different sort of things. So it's a, um, you know, with the lights flashing to the music, it's cool. And then I posted a video yesterday on Facebook. I actually stuck one on my Christmas tree the other day. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, we did it like a Baltimore Ravens football team sort of theme and. Uh, that was cool. We just goofed off with it. So it's really fun. It's just, I just like doing stuff that people haven't seen before, you know, because if not, what's the point? Well, you so, think that you've got the software here with it where you, it looks like, from what I see of it, it looks like almost like a multi-track kind of editor for yeah. each of the outputs, I take it, you know, yep. for different lights and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. It looks like it. I mean, you know, it's fairly intuitive. You know, I'm used to using like audio mixing, multi-track editors, exactly. like video, uh, same concept though, just with lights and so that's yeah. Yeah, pretty wicked. It, it's super simple. So, for instance, the in the Orlando show, Bert and I did a Tandem Night Fly. Yeah. Uh, so I mixed the track up that day during the little raffle. Um, I swam the RV into hiding for an hour or two, mixed the track up, brought it into the software, and then I programmed my lights in one take. So it, I, it was a long flight. It was like seven or eight minutes long worth of music. So yeah. I programmed all mine, and then I went and programmed all his because in the beginning, ours kind of go back and forth a little bit. And then went back, and then I reprogrammed just the flamethrowers, and that was it. So it was, uh, you can sit there and do it. So it was a six-minute track. You can program your whole routine in about six minutes. Yeah, you can kind of paint it on there, and if you want, you can play it back and kind of see where the timing is at and stuff before you actually do it live. Yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. And then the software is free, so if guys want to go download it and just check it out before they even buy one, then that would be be really, really cool. Um, Yeah. You know know what would be a good good next step for that? I don't know if this is even possible because I don't – when it comes to computers and that kind of shit, I'm clueless, but – would it be cool if you could have some kind of interface with your system to where you could plug it into your Phoenix simulator, right? Yeah, I, I, could, I, yeah I know exactly where you're going with this. Um, and yeah. you could actually, like, do your night flight routine on the, on the, sam- the simulator. That pretty wicked, yeah. yeah. I, chatted, I, I worked with the guys, actually, from Real Flight on this Real Flight 6, um, and yeah, they, were su- yeah. they were super cool. Um, and I chatted with them about that last year at one of the trade shows, and they were they seemed kind of open to it, but... Um, I don't know to see. Never I'll take do it. There's no reason you can't do that. There's absolutely no reason you can't do that. that I would love for that to happen. That'd be cool. Yeah, That'd be pretty uh, wicked because I think more people would probably buy it if they could do it on I the sim, so. and also in live. You know, just because with just using the software, you could you don't have to have the hardware yet. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, exactly. Software and integrate it with your sim, and then get a feel. Oh man, I could do this in real life. Well, I'm gonna go buy that Delcon and do it. You know and yeah. Um, you know what I think would help too, uh, Bobby, uh, especially like when you're talking about doing like tandem flights and stuff like that. Yeah. Is if if you don't tank the damn helicopter, so you guys can both. Finish the <laughs> yeah. No, Orlando, yeah. we didn't crash. Uh, usually, usually Bert's the one who goes in at night, but he, he he's yeah. made 
right now, so he's he's allowed to night fly again. <laughs> he, was on time, he was on timeout for a while. He just kept going in. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, last July, I got a chance to see your night fly, and I got to tell you, uh, for those of you who have never, I mean, you, you watch it on video and you go, yeah, that that was pretty cool. But to see it in person is a whole new experience. Yeah, that one was cool. The minute the um, heli, the one at the heli pros fun fly, that one was sick. They had some really good fireworks. Oh, the best story of that. That was hysterical. So I get out there and I just shift my, um, we call it the flame module. That one controls the uh, fireworks and stuff. So I just ship that out there. It looks like a bomb, which is scary, but it's just a big project box with a Dalcon on top of it and some buttons and stuff. And uh, I ship it out there and they're like, okay, we got fireworks under control. Just give us a list of what you want. So I sent them a rough list and they're like, oh, we got our buddy. We call him Joe Dirt and he's going to do fireworks for you. I'm like, okay, whatever. So <laughs> I get out there and freaking... Joe Dirt pulls up in this little white, like, Dodge Neon. It looks just like Joe Dirt. I'm like, okay, here's Joe. He's the pyrotechnician. And he gets out. He had his car filled to the brim. Like, he just kept pulling fireworks out of the car and out of the car. And, of the car. <laughs> and he, he he was, I mean, um, I used, I've got a pyro guy I work with in New York. His name's Dave Playfair. Super cool guy. He's built my flamethrowers for me. He did the original, you know, pyro and stuff. And he's the mm-hmm. very I'll never work with anyone else as long if I can, you know, if he can stay, uh, if, if he can travel with me, you know, that's great. But if not, Joe Dirt had to do in um, Montana. <laughs> so he rigged up all the channels and damned if every single um, firework didn't go off. So that, <laughs> that was so cool. He had some good stuff in there. That's for sure. Well, I wanted to bust your balls a little bit about that. I got a little bit of a criticism and let me give you a, a bit of a background on it. Uh, you know, in a past life, uh, I used to drive tour buses for rock bands on tour, you know, nice. um, a lot of big, big name bands. And I do know that it's really common for a big name band when they hit a small market to, uh, yeah, we can cut this one out and cut that one out and cut this one out mm-hmm. because we're in a smaller market. Right. And when I watched you fly, I was, I was like, oh, that's what they did. And, I didn't see uh, Knight Rider. Where's the Knight Rider? Oh, Knight Rider. Okay. I was like, I was like, he totally just. He he totally just pulled that that big big band trick on us. Small no. market. Ah, we don't we don't need to we don't need to bring the full show. <laughs> no. Well, okay. So the Night Rider effect. I had a uh, I had nine channels of light down my tail boom. Each channel was three LEDs long, and I yeah. had it pulse back and forth like the front of Kit on Night Rider. Right. And, um, that was in my XFC 2010 video. Everything else was uh, black. Oh yeah. Yeah. Everything else was black. That one was done on the original. Dalcon prototype um, where uh, CP actually physically programmed it all by hand. Yeah. Um, physically setting up the Night Rider took just as long as it did to set up the whole rest of the helicopter for the Nightfly stuff. Yeah. Uh, the reason I can't do it now is because Dalcon is eight channels now. Before the prototype was 16. So I had uh-huh. Canopy 1, another Canopy 2, Tailboom 3, Tailfin 4. Uh, blades five, something else six, and then seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen was all Night Rider. So now I can't do that. But what he did build me for 3D Masters this year was a little module, and the only program that that knows is Night Rider. So when you give power to it, it automatically pulses back and forth. So we'd yeah, like to. Yeah, like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, we'd like to build that at one time. But actually, that one 
they busted my stuff up at, on uh, TSA, and that the module didn't arrive in one piece yeah. exactly. So I kind of had to fudge, and it it kind of worked. People kind of understood what was up, but it wasn't nearly yeah. as good as the first time. But no, the only reason I don't do that is because it's so much work to put it in there. Um, it's the same reason why I don't turn the blades on and off a lot because it's just simply a lot of work. Um, you know, when when you saw that Montana show this July, I think I did. Um, six night fly shows in six weekends this summer. Yeah. And wow. it was just, a, uh, I think I lived, I lived through most of them. Just not, a, <laughs> but every, you know, every show was different. I was trying to no. just, you know, yeah, don't, yeah, don't, don't get me wrong, Bobby. It was an absolutely amazing flight. I just wanted to rib you a little bit. No, no, no. I, and everyone asked for it too. And I, and I wish I could do it, but maybe this year I'll try to get that a little bit better, you know? So you're, you're still planning on coming to uh, Billings this year? Yeah. Yeah. I chatted with those guys out there and as long as it's not, um, in a, it, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> it, it was a lot. It was a, oh my God, it was a ton of fun. It was a, an incredible little informal fun fly. Yeah, that one was cool. And then in terms of the night flying stuff, I got some ideas now that'll hopefully just take it to another step. Um, so, Bobby, I, guess... I got a question for you about the the, the blades. How, how how are you controlling turning the blades on and off? How well, is that connected? Because it's uh, all rotating, you know? Yeah, it's cool. Uh, we used to do it old school by just running a wire up the main shaft, and that was your positive, and that came out through the head block. Yeah. And, and you have a... Um, an insulator made out of Delrin on your main shaft, and then you have a little brass ring, and you just have like a, a feeler sort of deal. So we just yeah, like a brush, like a brush almost. Yeah. And the other one we went off of. Um, where'd we go off of? It was just the main shaft itself. We had another brush, and the main shaft itself was the negative. So uh -huh. we used to do that. That was just a lot of work. And then CP actually, you know, creator of the Dalcon, he um, created a wireless module for me um i don't remember what megahertz what frequency it uses but it mounts on the head button and then uh -huh. it's got a receiver that you just plug into the dalcon as a channel and as soon as it gets power it emits that pulse signal and then that tells the the lights oh. to light that's and, cool so you can have power up there on the blades like battery on the blades with the receiver to power the receiver and the blades and lights and shit yes yeah. so we actually nice. had it to where the blades powered that module, and it was just a head button. You just screwed the head button on, and then you went in and plugged the two little wires in and called it a day. It was it was super cool. We did a we did an interview for Run Rider this year at XFC, and um, that's in there. So okay, are you guys selling that with this Dalcon unit? Are no, you that, selling that, the head button we've, part. We've prototyped a lot of stuff to see what would be interested in. We've got two thing, two or three things now. We're really working on. Um, yeah to come out with next i don't the problem with the night flying is you're hitting a niche market within a niche market and yeah, it, yeah. the sales aren't there but the onesie twosie stuff i just pay them out of my own pocket I'm like all right dude come up with this i'll give you a hundred bucks just <laughs> right just, i just need this for my night flying stuff because people think it's really cool so right. uh, i'm gonna have to get you guys to make me a delcon night like <laughs> I'll, I'll throw you some chink for that that's that's really cool you know because yeah. i know a lot of people are you know, I'm seeing people do like, uh, um, like RGB, you mm -hmm. know, like uh, 16 or 32 lights down, like the blade or whatever, and painting pictures, like images on the disc and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I've got a set the KOK blades. I got a set of those, and I was actually gonna fly them at Urza, but um, I had a, we had a huge routine set up for Urza, but it got rained out, and that was a really yeah. big, because we had about, I mean, God, I think about mm, 10 or 11 people out of the. 
20, whoever we're going to night fly had Dalcon. So that was going to be yeah. a huge showing for us, but it, it got rained out and that was kind of a bummer, but, uh, uh yeah. it's all good, but we got some stuff we're working on now. I, I have some ideas of how to make the night fly show a better show. Um, some really wicked stuff. So I'm looking forward to see if I can pull off some of that for next year. So, yeah, dude, that'd be sweet. That'd yes, be sweet. sir. It's all about a show. It's all about it. Yeah, a- yeah. Don't hold out on a brother, man. You got to show. That's some cool shit. Yeah, so, I don't think. And I, and I got to give you credit, Bobby. You know, you're really innovative when it comes to that kind of oh, thing. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of pro pilots to do a lot of, you know, promotion or 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 flying or or whatever they you know you would do as a talking head for a brand or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I got to give it to folks like yourself that also go about you know bringing something that didn't exist before into the hobby whether it's like your tools that you're making this dalcon thing dude that's that's some cool shit you know (laughs) and up until you did that you know people were just you know it's whatever static lights right the lights just are on or they're off or whatever but to be able to synchronize it it, we were talking on the last show about the coolest things that we saw or or, or whatever and uh, what we see for predictions that are coming up and you know i i thought that you know after this dalcon here we might see more people get enthusiastic about not just night flying, but night choreography, you know, yes. not just doing choreography in the daytime, you know? And yeah, exactly. It can come out really cool, you know? No, it, it can. Now I, the problem with all that is I get, especially while I'm flying, my flying itself does not look as good. So when you sit back and watch a video, it's like, okay, he's just backflipping and stuff. But you know, when you're there yelling out to Bert to tell him to tick tock as fast as he can over the fire with a bunch of people yelling, it's like, all right, I'm just going to do a bunch of easy stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I, I think there's still pilots like Nick and Curtis. I mean, you see them fly at night. It's like, holy shit, just like mm-hmm. unbelievable stuff. But, you know, I get a lot of my inspiration from music and different bands that I listen to. And, you know, um, yeah, I go to a concert. You see, you'll see all sorts of lights, fog machines and lasers. And yeah. Smoke. You know, it's. It's, you know, if you just went out there and they just played the songs, okay, that's one thing. But, you know, the guys yeah. who do it, you know, look at Kiss. If they didn't have their live show, they would, <laughs> right. uh, you know, their songs aren't that good. So, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. It, it, when it, when the tough. helicopter just becomes a part of the overall thing, I think that's really cool. You know, exactly. you got lights, you got lights on the helicopter, you got, you know, um, the, the pyrotechnics and stuff like that. And yeah, that's, yeah it, it's that's just, cool, it's, it's an experience because. You know, I tell all sorts of people, that, especially in Orlando, guys were like, oh, I'm not coming to night fly. The wife wants to go out for dinner. I'm like, dude, bring the family. Like, night flying's one of the only um, – the shows I'm trying to put on is more of a uh, – you know, I've yet to see anyone who's seen it in person say, oh, that was stupid. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, even – I had last year, my mom drove out to Indiana freaking nine hours just to watch the night fly in person because she didn't get to see the 2010 one. So she went, saw it personally. Holy crap, that was really cool. So my own yeah, mom. <laughs> even like non helicopter people, you know, will yeah. would probably dig watching the thing. You know, it's really yeah. cool. Yeah, it's definitely cool. So uh, no, I, I appreciate that though. Thank you. I have yeah. a and I like to try to use it sometimes. <laughs> so you, you mentioned you mentioned bands and the whole show of thing, and I noticed on your Facebook page that you recently went to the Five Finger Death Punch show. Yeah, that was cool. That was really cool. Wasn't that just a sensory overload? Um, it was, you know, the coolest part of that. And, you know, people are like, oh, I don't like screaming music and stuff. I, you know, I tend to fall in love with the guitar parts first and then whatever else comes out of whatever else. But their singer is one of the most, uh, their front man is one of the most intimidating looking people. And uh, they actually, someone threw a flag, an American flag up onto the um, stage. 
And, you know, Five Finger Death Punch is a really big patriotic band. You know, they've played like three or four free shows for the troops in Iraq. And, you know, they write about all sorts of things that are America. They're very patriotic. And someone wrote, uh, In Satan We Trust on the American flag. And the lead singer absolutely just flipped out. And he's just like, are you kidding me? Like millions of brave men have died for this um, wonderful country you live in. So you have the privilege to write stupid filth like this on our flag. Like, get the fuck out of our concert. We're kicking in this into a, yeah. like another heavy song. So they went into something. Like, he was pissed. But it was just so cool to see, you know, I like bands like that who actually stand for something, who are doing some cool stuff, you know, just different. Well, you, you know, I, me I mentioned earlier that I'd been on tour with a lot of different bands, and I've seen a lot of bands play live. Yeah. And there's two things about that show that I really got a kick out of. Um, and you mentioned the front man. He's, uh, there was this kid, young kid, I don't know, six years old, mm -hmm. uh, with his mom. Yep. And he like, in the middle of a song, he told the security people and he, he brought the kid up on stage and he let the kid and the mom sit side <laughs> stage. Nice. Nice. And, and another thing he did is there was three guys way back. I mean, the very nosebleeds just kind of way back up there all by themselves. And he, between songs, he, 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 he said, hey, uh, if you guys, you know, if you're going to set up there to smoke pot, you better make sure you brought enough for the whole class. Oh, nice. <laughs> you know, it's just those, it's those interpersonal things. But anyway, we're not here to talk about bands, but yeah. uh, that was a, that was an amazing show. Yeah, that was a good one. The other guys I draw so much stuff from is Event Sevenfold. I've seen them like six or seven times or something. You know, um, if you want to see a bunch of fire, just YouTube a video of their song called Buried Alive. Just at the end, they've got a a huge freaking stage prop with 18 flamethrowers and stuff on there. And, you know, I go to a concert and see that it's like, all right, cool. I got to do this for night flying or do this for whatever. But it's just, you know, I, I like seeing different stuff out there, you know, just some different, yeah. like I heard, I heard they just keep pulling kids up from the crowd and they're like, yeah. Oh, I'd love to play guitar on this song with you guys. And they'll let them jam out on a whole song on the freaking guy's guitar during the concert. Like that's cool. Yeah, that's wicked. That's pretty I'd cool. I yeah. do that with kids and uh, flying, but it's like, <laughs> that, that, that could go horribly wrong. Yeah, I'd love to fly with you with your night flying yeah. crash. It could just be bad, so I can't take that idea. But I thought you know, things like that is really cool. I've seen that go horribly wrong, too, in the past. Yeah. Luckily, uh, <laughs> bring some guy, I can play the drums. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this part, they kicked ass, so it was really cool. Yeah. No, it was a good show. Yes, sir. So, uh, what do you what do you got? What's your what's coming up? What uh, you got any big more events? Uh, the first of the year, you gonna be in Vegas? Um, yeah, I should be in Vegas. Um, I might. Uh, let's. I don't even know what's big. I think E Fest. I'll probably be up there. Not a big fan of micros, but I'll be up there. Um, and then Vegas, probably. Excuse me, probably Birmingham. Um, and then we get into the fun fly season again in May and June. So, it gets pretty crazy. I was told to ask you about your friend, um, Mike Fortin. Oh, he's my best buddy. Is he your best buddy? <laughs> so tight, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Can you guess who asked me to ask you about that? Uh, does his name begin with a B and end with a er? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we told people on our uh, listener's corner on Heli Freak that we were going to interview you. Okay. and um, Cool. So we had to, some people ask questions, but I got a uh, uh, an audio clip from a chick that wanted to ask you a question. I'm going to play that for you here. Very cool. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah here we go. It's more of a comment. <laughs> yeah, I guess it would be more of a comment. Here we go. <laughs> oh, God. I want to roll you into a little ball and shove you up my vagina. You could just live there. 
It's warm. It's, it's cozy. I want to walk around with you in there and just know you. I might feel a little tickle or scratch. It's just your hair <laughs> on my vagina. Please. Wow. Oh, Bobby. You got some fans out there, yeah. dude. Yeah. It's a groupie, yeah. I think. <laughs> Is that really a clip, or do you just pull that from a movie? Because if so, that chick's just out of mind. That's freaking hysterical. Dude, she, <laughs> she saw she saw the Night Rider. Yeah, fly by, she man. Yeah. Now she well, wants to roll you up and put you in her vagina. Well, she's got so. a. I'm like six four, so I'm trying to roll me up. Like, like a lot of folds. <laughs> she just she doesn't have a tiny chain. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think I would fit. But hey, I'm done for trying. So let's give it a, let's give it a shot. <laughs> no, let's give it a shot. No, that's a clip from uh, Step Brothers. Step Brothers. Uh, Will yeah. Ferrell. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess saw that. <laughs> Boats and hoes. Boats and hoes. We can do activities. I love doing yeah. that. <laughs> so much more room for activities now. Yeah. Why did you let us make the bunk bed? I don't have to tell you that you can make a bunk bed. So is that a yes? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's funny stuff. But, uh. Awesome. So tell us about Smack Talk. What's happening with Smack Talk? You guys are actively, you're done for the season, right? Um, yep. We just got back from a cruise, actually. Uh, yeah. That's how'd that cruise go, man? Oh, my God. That was, I mean, we do a lot of traveling. And a lot of times we mix flying with vacation. And, you know, I've got no problem with that. I don't mind. I still love flying. I still go sure. to field fly. I love that. Um, the whole traveling thing gets kind of old. You get on an airplane, you go to the airplane, you get on a you know, whatever, another connecting flight, and it, it's just a pain. But the cruise was just awesome. You wake up, room service, uh, you know, people, all your buddies are there and just hang out. Chicken Wing was there, and um, his partner in Crime James, and we had um, a few other couples who were there with, with us, and um, it was just so cool. Best vacation ever. So we're planning on doing it again next year. Um, it's definitely going to be bigger and better. I highly recommend people look into it. It's a great rate. Um you know, we didn't talk about helicopters all day, every day. It was just, you know, guys brought their wives and stuff. And, you know, yeah. maybe once a day or once every other day. We just got together for some drinks and chatted. And if people wanted to ask us questions, they fired away. And um, it's really cool. One of the guys we saw down in Florida, and he was flying. And it was just really, really fun. So highly recommend yeah. people. Did anybody fly off the back of the boat? No, he, he brought an MCPX, but we just couldn't, we couldn't find anywhere to fly. And um, it was pretty windy. It was about 35 uh. miles wins the whole time so yeah next year i want to see somebody get the balls to fly a 450 or like a, a you know a 50 size or something off the side you know where you uh, we could That'd be sweet man just so many people there's a lot of people but um, oh yeah. i suppose it's not just you guys it's the whole cruise there's other people was, on the cruise with it it was know. the whole cruise but by far that was the best vacation i've ever been on so yeah, um, cool you know husbands and wives alike <laughs> so you actually have a little bit of experience with that last time we talked to you um it's been a long time ago. You were just getting ready to head to the coast of South Africa to do some aerial yeah. footage filming for whales, shark. was it, or sharks? Oh, no, the, shark. The, yeah, great white sharks. I did some filming for National Geographic Wild. Yeah, National Geographic. It was on the Wild Channel. And um, we just strapped a camera on a helicopter and uh, flew, I think it was like five days we flew, um, right at the furthest most tip South, southern tip of Africa called Muscle Bay, and yeah. uh, we just filmed sharks as they were jumping out. We had about, I think, a dozen breaches where they fully came out of the water. And That's was, like a shark smorgasbord down there. Yeah, oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Screw that, dude. If you fall in, you're done. 
You're, yeah. if you, what, then you're done. What, what are they eating down there, tourists? Uh, seals. Seals. Seals, seals. Yeah. Yep. There's All the a... seals migrate down there, and then the sharks know that, and they go down there, and there's a shit ton of sharks down there that start hunting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a there's a little island that's I mean it's tiny. There's a little island that's tiny, and they've got something I forget it's like five thousand seals or something, maybe ten thousand seals on there. So like and Seal Island or something. Yeah, it's called Seal Island. Yeah, and yeah. they um, the seals will they got to get off the island to go eat, and they swim to the middle of the ocean. So the sharks are always feeding in that little channel right off of the. Uh, Right off of the island, so we would just sit there and we dragged a decoy with a boat um, for a few hours a day and just filmed the whole time and we got some really really cool shots. So, yeah, that's cool. Apparently, that's the only place on Earth that the sharks breach like that. Yes, yep, that's what I hear. So it was there, and then there's another one. Um, we were in Muscle Bay, and then there's another one a little bit further west of it near I forget what it is, but there's an, there's two seal islands, but that's really about it. Yeah, it, it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. You, you, are you are you on a helicopter there? Bro? Oh no, sorry, I'm playing with. It. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fiddling. You got popoids? Is that what that is? <laughs> yeah. But that was super cool. I would gladly do that again if they asked. That was. So... Yeah. Did you lose any helicopters in that? Nope. We brought three full camera ships with us because it wasn't going to go halfway around the world and afford one right. sink. Um, and we flew. It was a total of ten hours in the air in five days. Um, physical air time and yeah. we lost the helicopter so it was, it was it was good we we did a good job cool batting a thousand yeah batting yeah, a nice. thousand on that one but next time guaranteed everything's going in the first day <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> sounds real good man so smack talk's going well we're glad to hear it and uh, Bobby it was a pleasure having you on the show you're a good sport you take a ribbon pretty good and that's awesome <laughs> and uh it was fun hanging out with you last july had a few beers with you it was kind of fun yeah yeah that was cool next hopefully this time it'll be a lot less hectic because it won't be half prototyping right sort of that during the fun fly because that trip was a little bit of work and play but um yeah i can't wait to um visit you guys next time tell me tell me this uh rob knows my opinion on the quadcopters and i actually watched you fly a quadcopter um, what, what, what is your opinion on the quadcopter? Yeah, what's do, the do you order? enjoy them? Yeah. I, uh, I think they're cool. I think right now what? it's like flying. In terms of flying it, it's like flying flabberless models when they first came out. Yeah. And they Like, a, you know, V-Bar version point 0.1. <laughs> yeah, point, uh, point so, 0.06. <laughs> some yeah. of them fly okay. Some of them don't. Um, I think in terms of aerial photography, they definitely have their benefits. Um, yeah. Think, and UAVs, I think that's where they're really big. But in terms of just having fun and goofing off and flying around, I'd much rather have a helicopter any day of the week. So right. they've got their place. They'll, they'll surely evolve, though. I think they'll be doing fine, you know, but uh, – I'd still prefer a helicopter for 3D flying, definitely. Well, you know, Bobby, I have a, a, a order of hierarchy when it comes to these these machines, and at the top of the list is helicopters. Yep. Next is planks, and below that is is quadcopters. Um, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I'm with you. Nah, <laughs> and see, I don't know about that, man. See, for me, it's helicopters, quadcopters, then airplanes. Just on order of complexity, I think is the way I put that in that order. See, I don't know, man. I think airplanes are cool, man. Don't get me wrong. I've flown airplanes, and people do some pretty wicked stuff with, you know, planks and stuff like that. But, I mean, quadcopters, I mean, you, you guys have both seen the videos where they've got these guys testing them in the, the netted cages, and you've got like five or six of them in the air, aware of each other, autonomous, and flying in clusters, or landing on the wall, or going 
through slits in the wall and stuff like that. You can't do that with an airplane or a helicopter. Right? Well, well, those things are cool, but mine doesn't do that. Mine just picks up, wobbles, and crashes. So, <laughs> well, yeah. I'd rather just have a uh, just some stupid cheesy airplane that I can goof off with, and um, yeah, the the quads are cool, but they, they 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 just need some more time. the The electronics need to get better. They just yeah, they're Rob, kind of in their infancy right now. But those, Rob, yeah. I'm gonna Thanks. I'm gonna lay this one to you, and you, Rob. Well, when you get to fly a real airplane, you'll understand. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the whole whole ter- whole thing you had to go through back in the day. Oh, with the helicopter. Hel- yeah, touche. Yeah. yeah, the only helicopter I, or the only plane <laughs> I've flown is that that foamy, uh, the Gowie Tiger Shark, and I I broke it, but whatever. Nice. Uh, yeah. Planes are fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Bobby. Really appreciate you coming on. It was a lot of fun cool. uh, catching up with you. And uh, like I said, you're a really good sport and a lot of fun to talk to. Great. Yeah, dude. Great. I'd be. Uh, I'm willing to come on any time you guys want me to come. So uh, I'd like. I'd like to get you and Bird on at the same time, so we can just uh, talk bad about each other. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So I mean, only two people listen to the podcast, so <laughs> it's not like anybody's going to. Yeah. Exactly. Hi, my name's Casey Anthony, and when I listen to RC Heli Nation, it makes me feel like I'm getting away with murder. Anybody know a good nanny? So there we go with Bobby Watts. Rob, what do you think? That was pretty good. That was a good idea. Yeah, yeah I think, uh, you know, it's kind of left up into the air. He really wasn't too specific about what what's next, but... Uh, yeah. I would imagine he'll figure it out, and uh, wherever he goes, I would imagine he'll do real well. I see he's flying a Synergy helicopter right now. Um, Bodo sent him one, I guess. Yeah, that's what I heard. And, um, you know, from all accounts, he's still, you know, he's still on talking terms with the guys at MA. He's still flying his uh, whiplash and enjoying it. So, yeah, yeah. Just time to move on. Like you know? a free agent. Yeah, free agent. Uh, I still think that. Uh, that whole Air Hogs deal. I think that's gonna, that's that's where the money is for him. <laughs> yep, for sure. <laughs> we'll Boys R Us is an awesome sponsor. <laughs> yeah, they got the bucks, man. Room for room for advancement there. I saw a post the other day um, about fly barless and fly barred machines. Mainly had to do with sport flyers, and this this is where I'm at in the hobby. Um, no 3D pilot by any stretch, but I do do a lot of sport flying. And uh, the question was asked, do you think a sport flyer is going to notice the difference between a fly barred machine and a fly barless machine? I think they are. I think that a fly bar machine, I'm sold. You know, I, I was a late uh, comer to the, you know, I'd, when it yeah. first, I, I tried several different units, didn't like any of them. Finally got the Beast X and initially didn't even like that. Version 3 came out and I was just tickled pink with it. Yeah. Um, I th- I don't know. What do you guys think? I think a fly barred, uh, fly barless machine is is good for a sport flyer. Oh sure. Yeah. I mean, it tracks so much better, you know, than with the fly bar on it. So, I think a novice. Yeah. There's all kinds of benefits. You know, it hovers more steady. Um, so sport flight can be more um, locked in, I guess, if you will. Like it's on rails, you know. So that's where FBL really shines. Is going fast forward and big uh, maneuvers or whatever. So there was always kind of a bit of a controversy about whether or not a new person should start with fly bar, uh, fly barless because of the, you know, you kind of need to know what you're doing when it comes to setup. 
but uh, I think they're getting pretty easy to set up these days as well. I know the Beast X, with a little bit of help, I mean, yeah. even, you know, you read the instructions, and it, once you figure out how to get through the pressing the buttons and looking for the different parameters, it, once you understand that, it's incredibly easy to set yeah, up. It's a piece Absolutely. of cake. Absolutely. The fly barless controllers that are out now, I mean, for cost effectiveness, you know, your your helicopter is a lot more stable in flight. It's going to track well. Um, the the cost of the blades are, are comparable now, um, and they're become they're becoming more popular. It's 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 making it easier for a guy to get into the hobby. Honestly, you know, it, it's something, you know, whereas you used to take half hour to forty five minutes, and you were you were okay, I've got to tinker with getting these, these servos set to here so I can get my zero pitch. And, oh, I've got, I've got 13 degrees positive and I've got eight negative. The, the fly barless controller makes it a lot easier. I mean, yeah, you need to understand, you know, the, the fly barless setup itself and the fly bar setup as well because you need to understand how is this mixing going on, how is this interacting going on that this controller is doing. So When it comes right down to the brass tacks and a new person walks up to you, and ask you, should I get a fly barred machine or should I get a fly barless machine to start? What do you tell them? Fly barless. And this comes from another late comer to the, the show. Freaking. Mm, yeah. I still hate you for that, Rob. <laughs> I fought tooth and nail to save the fly bar, man. Ah, uh, no. It, it was bound to happen sooner or later. You know, I'm, I'm torn as to whether or not I would actually suggest um, a fly barless or a fly barred machine. I don't necessarily see anything wrong with starting with a fly with a fly bar i don't uh i think the only the only thing about starting with a fly bar machine is you're going to end up with a fly barless machine so you might as well just from mm -hmm. a, from an advantage standpoint I, I don't necessarily see it for a newcomer except for the initial the cost of having to eventually replace everything for a fly for a fly bar unit and right. have, but i think for just learning the basics hovering and whatnot i don't necessarily think it's necessary but it can't hurt to start with that setup, with a fly barred setup, or a fly barless setup. Right. Well, it's pretty much the case now. I think, uh, you know, fly barless is pretty much the norm anymore. Yep. It, it's to every manufacturer is coming out with, uh, you know, like so you look at some of these newer higher end models, that's all they're made in, you know, fly barless, uh, did, uh, and that's it. Goblin, so on and so forth. So do you guys both belong to the AMA? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Yep. I still got to re renew mine this year, but um, yeah, I'm in that. Yeah, I haven't renewed mine yet this year either, but I definitely need to get that done. You know, the club flyer versus the park flyer, um, what do those do? Well, I mean, you yeah. know, we got to look at the fact that, you know, one, a lot of these municipalities have these regulations and rules in place which basically prohibit. And I mean, I don't know if it's if it's by state or you know by region. Uh, you know, here in, in in the Houston area, we've got a lot of lot of parks that are that are you know RC friendly. But then you hear about guys like out on the, the left coast, that, you know, and if you even so much as pull up in a park and a helicopter's in your car, they're going to run you out, you know, on a picket fence. So, but I mean, you know, how, shouldn't shouldn't AMA be in help help to lobby? You know, to make it where the public or, or these these people are more aware of what you know what they're doing, you know, to help. Yeah, I think a big part of it. Well, here in Montana, we don't have to worry about that. I mean, you guys saw the picture of my flight flying field. That's yeah. that's that's typical. I mean, you you can look at any given direction, and there's nothing for for a mile. But uh, I think a lot of the problem you have with uh, park flyers, in particular, especially for those of you who live in the bigger cities, is people just don't understand. 
um, RC helicopters or even small park flyer RC planes, and they don't um, the inherent danger behind them. So they do silly things, and someone gets hurt, and yeah. uh, once someone once someone gets hurt, it's all over. You know, there's no you know people react, and the next thing you know, this is not allowed anymore because someone got hurt. There's an education that needs to be done, but um, do you think the AMA does enough for you for the park flyers? Mm, I'd have to say I think they need to do a little bit more. They need to they need to reach out to you know I'd say at community level, um, you know to the different the different uh, the cities and whatnot. You know, you, like I said, you see all these these parks, you know, and this is even here in Houston, you see the parks that are that are not RC friendly. You know, we, you know, and it, usually it's probably because of something, you know, that was one one accident that occurred, and they say, oh well, all you know, they they put they put the pilots in a lump category. You know, yeah, is irresponsible yeah. or whatnot, and I, I think the AMA probably could step up and do a little bit more. You know, how how to broach it, I, I don't know, but you know, this you know the AMA is there to not only educate the pilots and, and to help inform the pilots. You know, they do a great job by putting out you know the model aviation mag, you know periodical, but I think that, that they need to they need to get more involved. You know, with the communities. I mean, it's just that's my two cents. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one because I just don't know how that that could happen. I mean, um, maybe there needs to be some type of a, uh, a presentation package made up for local clubs or people in general to be able to present to their local townships. You know, if you are a park flyer, you are insured. So if something does happen, that's there uh, as far as you know from a uh, liability issue. It just just seems to me that, uh, you know, especially the, the government in, in general, you see the FAAs, you know, starting to kind of get involved with the RC industry as far as regulating it. And uh, that's, I think, the big the big picture. That's what the AMA is doing for us in general. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they are handling the, on a federal level, they're handling those RC issues that we don't necessarily see. And that's kind of what being a member of, of this AMA, which is essentially a lobbying group, it's what it is. Yep. Um, to protect us, uh, our ability to enjoy RC helicopters. Um, I've never had any problems. Uh, I've flown at our local park down here, and I've never had any issues. No one's ever said anything. I don't do it a lot, um, but I know Rob, you fly in a park quite a bit, don't you? Oh yeah, just right right down the street from where I'm at. Have you ever had anybody come up to you and say, what are you doing here? Get out of here. No, no, I haven't. But, you know, I'm courteous, you know. If I see people coming across, you know, I'll land and wait or whatever, you know. So, but, yeah, no, I fly there all the time. And it, it, I guess in my town it's a little different. They don't have an ordinance or anything like that. But So I guess I'm lucky in that respect, but. What do you what do you guys think of these people that uh, get on the forums and they all they do is kind of say why would I want to be involved with the AMA and silliness say why would I spend my money why would I give them money when they don't really do anything honestly I'd have to say that somebody you know I I don't know if it's a if it's a I don't want to say it's an ego issue but it, obviously they're misinformed you know because the AMA does they they do step up like you mentioned on a federal level. And they are—they're like a big political action community. They sit there and they try to—you know—they try to preserve our rights, you know. And uh, my number one argument for joining the AMA in the first place was, you know, hey, I've actually got insurance that comes along with my membership. What what other organization do you have to go to? I mean, can 
Rob, can you go out and get a, a personal liability insurance policy for as inexpensive as you get with just your AMA membership? No. I doubt it. Not even close. You know, the AMA does try to protect its members, and it does try to look after the general public. You know, so you get the guy say, well, why would I, I fly by myself or I fly at a park or, you know, or I, I see no need for me to spend this $58 a year. You know, I'll, I'll never use it. Well, you know, that's that one guy that it's going to happen to him. He's going to go to a park. He's going to pull up a 450 or, or a 550, which is becoming very popular. And someone's going to come running out in front of him, and he's going to hit them, you know. So now we're all going to look bad. The members of AMA that, that try to do things by the book, that try to have the coverage, try to be educated, try to look out for the public. But this one guy who refuses to, to jump on the bandwagon and say, hey, let me be a part of this because it's it's trying to better a hobby, and we're trying to keep these restrictions from getting, getting applied to us. So what do I say to him? You might want to get a little bit more information in your arsenal before you just shut it completely down. Yeah, I agree completely. In fact, you know, when I, you know, here in Montana, guns are a big part of our existence. I joined the NRA. I got a lifetime membership to the NRA. I'm not actively involved in guns anymore. Uh, but I figure in this day and age when there's always somebody who is trying to curtail your your interests, it just kind of makes sense to to join the organization that is there in the defense of your interests. Yeah. And f for those guys that, that kind of have that cavalier attitude, I don't, uh, you know, it's, hey, look, it's, the, it's their, their 58 bucks, but at the same time, when the FAA comes down with a, uh, some type of restrictions, licensure, could you imagine if we ought to be licensed to fly RC helicopters? That'd be wild. It'd be, it'd be crazy. I don't know. I mean, I, but that's what the AMA does for you. And, you know, I don't know. I, I kind of, I guess I can kind of see the whole, I would be more likely to join the AMA if I could opt out of the magazine for a reduced price. I don't know. I, I just think that's just one of the extra things you get for what they do. I don't necessarily, I don't think that, uh, that magazine's a big money maker for, for them. I don't think it. I don't see. I don't even see it as a, it's a money money maker. You know, the majority of the magazine goes to informative articles, and then you know you you also get the goings on in your district. You know, and you get the other modelers that are you know just as keen as to what we do. You know, they they get in, and you know you get the 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 discussions about well these are the fun flies taking place. These are the fun flies that have taken place. You get to, you get an interaction, even though it's you know it's a third hand interaction. You still see. You know, what's going on around you? What's going on in other areas? So, I mean, I, I see it as a plus, but, you know, I mean, I agree. If, if someone doesn't want to have that that communication, would rather read it online, you know, it'd be nice. AMA say, okay, you can opt out of the magazine. I also can understand why a lot of helicopter guys get a little uptight about the fact that there's not much helicopter coverage. But, you know, when you look at the RC hobby, the, the there's a lot to it. There's free flying, there's planks, there's control line. It, you know, there's a lot of different aspects of yeah. the RC hobby, and, and a lot of guys are like, well, what do I care about free flight? Well, you know what? There's a lot of people that do free flight. There's three guys at my club that do free flight. There's a couple guys at my club that do control line. So, you know, I guess you can't really expect them to, to dedicate. I would like to see more, I guess, heli coverage, but then again, who you know, if you're into helicopters, I guess that's the way you kind of see it. Yeah, I get an Urcha magazine or something. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. It, and that was kind of brought up too in that that big thread that kind of that brought this topic to mind was you know where is Urcha you know why why don't they come out with some kind of periodical uh, basically just dedicated to 
to uh, RC Helicopters. Maybe they would see their membership on the rise. Do you get either? You belong to Urcha? No, not yet. This year I'm going to do it though because we're going. Yeah, That's I belong to yeah. Urcha. Nice. I've been a member of Urcha for three years. Yeah. Also, I, I would hate to see some drastic thing happen that would reduce our ability to fly helicopters, and I suspect that uh, the AMA is going to make sure that that doesn't happen. So yeah, support them. So. Absolutely. Them. All right, guys. So we have a tech tip this week. And, Carl, I told you I was going to play this a few weeks back. Frankly, the show was just a little bit too long to add it in. So we're going to go ahead and play that tonight. Now, this tech tip from Carl has to do with uh, leveling your swash. And he kind of gives us a few tips on that. So we'll go ahead and play that tech tip right now. Tech tip, tech tip, tech tip, tech tip, tech tip. Uh. Hey guys, this is Carl, citizen of the nation, hailing from Portland, Oregon. So I'm kind of thrifty, and I have never purchased or used a swash leveling tool, because you need a different leveling tool for every shaft size, and even in a given shaft size, you may need a different tool for, say, a 450 SEV2 versus a 450 Pro to achieve the desired results. I went out searching for a cheaper solution. You can get one of those cable ties or zip ties you've got on your workbench, just wrap it around your main shaft just above the swash and uh, then you've got this tail hanging out at a perpendicular angle to the main shaft and I'll just trim that off so the end of it aligns about with uh, where the linkage meets the swash and so you can raise it up and down as needed to check your level at top, middle, and bottom and spin the rotor head around and watch how it touches or doesn't touch each of those linkage connection points and sometimes you have to get creative and add another zip tie maybe at a 90 degree angle to the first one but you can usually with a little patience get what you need to and get her done carl is uh what i like to refer to as a first generation listener he's uh he's one of the original citizens of the nation he was way back uh Oh, back when everybody got numbers, right? That's right, back yeah. when everyone actually had numbers. So Carl's been listening for quite some time. Thanks, Carl, for the tech tip. Guys, remember, if you send in a tech tip and we use it, we send you a T-shirt. So, Carl, I'll be getting in touch with you, and uh, I'll be getting your address and whatnot so we can get a T-shirt sent out to you. Yeah. And we really cool. appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate it when we get some uh, input from you guys because uh, it just kind of allows us to uh, you know, involve everybody in the show, and that's kind of what we're all about. So. Uh, it's a lot of fun to, to do that kind of stuff. So I guess it's kind of coming to that time, guys, where we're going to kind of want to reiterate our thanks to Cliff over at RC Aerodyne for the giveaway. That's over and done now, but um, that was just a a nice gesture for our listeners. Uh, congratulations, Mike. I hope you enjoy the shit out of that 450. Don't crash it like Rob did, though. <laughs> or yeah, me. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Brian crashed his as well, so... But I'm sure Cliff will gladly take your order for new parts. So, <laughs> <laughs> Just a kind of reminder of a few things, guys. We, uh, you, know, you can always go to our webpage at uh, www.rcheliannation.com. I'm noticing there's a little bit more traffic on the Nation Network. Um, that's really just kind of a place for you to post some pictures, some thoughts. Uh, you know, mainly we don't really communicate too much through the network, Um Mainly that's done all on Facebook, but it's just kind of a fun place to post up your crash pictures and, and uh, let everybody know what's up there. 
as always, you can uh, ask questions of us at the Listener's Corner on Heli Freak. And uh, for those guys in the UK, RC Heli Addicts has a forum for us there as well. Uh, just check that stuff out, show information, and uh, uh, various other little weird things that we're doing. And again, Facebook, 660 likes last I checked. Yep. Yeah, it's growing still. So it's, it's growing. It's um, slowing down a little bit, but, uh, you know, kind of goes in spurts, I've noticed, Rob. Have you noticed that as well? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It'll it grow like hell. Click, it only let me click like one time, man. <laughs> oh, i gotta get I got to get that fixed. Uh-huh. <laughs> it kind of goes in spurts. Uh, it'll grow like hell for a couple weeks and uh, kind of taper off, and then all of a sudden it'll pick up again. It's kind of strange how that works, but... Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, you can get in touch with me at dankreed at msn.com or dankreed on all the forums and uh, Facebook. We do a lot of interaction with Facebook, so uh, definitely check that out. And if you wanted to get in touch with Rob, you would do what, Rob? Uh, well, I suppose you could uh, take a piece of steel and bend it in the shape of your message and then turn it into a branding iron and then brand uh, a cow and then have a cowboy rustle up the cow and bring it back to the barn so that you could read it. Uh, and then you could uh, type it out after you've read it and then uh, fax it to me. Or, you know, I guess what would be easier is you could just email me at rob at rclenation.com. What? <laughs> <laughs> that works. Yeah, it works. Okay. All right. I'll go with that. Or, you know, you I can also the- check... I fell off. I fell off it at the end. Sorry, guys. Yeah, like the forums thing. Yeah. yeah. You could all. You could also uh, maybe check out your front porch, huh? Yeah. 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 Well, I I haven't updated it in a while, I guess. But um, and you were getting all over Bobby Watts about updating his. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I was touche. But uh, <laughs> um, I should put the Fusion Fifty build up on over there. I should put the Fusion 50 crash thread over there, too. There you go. <laughs> Target bags. Yeah, right. Also, also, a lot of you may notice we have Brian with us today. Uh, if I wanted to get in touch with you, Brian, how would I do that? Uh, you know, you can get a, me out, get a hold of me on the forums. It's RVPilot26 on all the forums for your, your hate mail and stuff. Uh, you know, uh, or you could actually get a hold of me at BrianF at ScaleFlying.com. Uh, that works, too. So, yeah, pretty much. A lot of you may have noticed that Brian's been on the show a few times. See, one, one thing we're doing is uh, we like to kind of have some guest hosts come on occasionally, and there's a few other people that we have in mind, but uh, I'm kind of issuing an open invitation to uh, you guys out there. If you think that you would like to give it a shot, get in touch with me and let me know, and uh, we'll see what we can do. The idea is just to kind of get, you know, other people on so we can kind of hear their point of view on topics and it's just kind of fun to involve as many people as we can so yeah sure uh, and torture let us know rob. and torture rob and <laughs> right. if you have if you have some dirt on rob or anybody else so uh, in the industry that would be great uh we always like to hear this the lowdown on that kind of stuff but get in touch with us and uh we'll uh make the appropriate arrangements other than that uh so how do they get in touch with you dan you don't. No. I'm in the witness protection program. <laughs> so, and my handler told me that I'm not supposed to tell people how to get in touch with me. Yeah, this call is going to self-destruct in 30 seconds, so. Exactly. So, 
Again, guys, that was episode 17. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed making it, and we will catch you next week. Nietzsche Chongma! Bye-bye! Bye! This has been a production of RC Heli Nation. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to contact us on our page at www.rchelynation.com. And if you'd like to support our show by donating, there's a Donate Now button right on our page.